Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's 9.07. This is Total Information AM on KMOX with Debbie Monterey. I'm Tom Ackerman. Several suicides have been in the news recently. The murder-suicide fire in Ferguson, an Afton high schooler committing suicide inside the school. Last week, the Jefferson County Sheriff's Department swarmed a church parking lot off Highway M in Barnhart after a man threatened to kill himself but was talked out of it. Today, we get to speak with the dispatcher and trained negotiators who helped to learn about the tactics and methods police use on mental health calls. With us this morning, Jefferson County Sheriff Dave Marshak. Thank you very much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Good morning. Also, negotiator Corporal Drew Cruz. Thank you very much for being with us as well. Jefferson County 911 dispatcher Alan Flannery is here. And Lisa Flamian, she is a coordinator and mental health professional with the sheriff's department thank you very much for being here good morning thanks for having us it is our pleasure it is a a serious topic and a topic certainly that is very important Uh, tell us how you all work together to have a good ending here does the sheriff's department sheriff typically respond to suicide calls fire and ems how does that work well it's definitely a cooperative uh teamwork issue and and there's so many different variables i will tell you that uh, we've made significant investments in terms of how we respond to some of these crises uh, over the last several years because i think we can all agree that the challenges are increasing not decreasing and i think we'll see that so uh, it illustrates some of our investment uh moving forward but without the team, uh, things don't get resolved successfully as as they should. Alan, I want to ask you as the 911 dispatcher, you know, we talk a lot about how we need more dispatchers and why don't people want to do it. And I think sometimes people think this is just a job like you're an operator and sending out things. But then you get situations like this where there is literally a life on the line. I imagine that is very stressful. It can be if you let it uh, get to you. Um, you have to become very good at compartmentalizing um, the calls. You get done with this one and move on to the next one because the next one's coming. I mean, as soon as you hang up, the next call's there waiting to go, and it's another crisis for somebody because if it wasn't a crisis for them, they wouldn't be calling us for help. And so if it is a suicide call like this, is the process different than if it were another kind of call? It, it is a little bit in that um, everyone in the room, uh, and there's usually seven other dispatchers in the room with me, sometimes more, 
usually it becomes very apparent very quickly to everybody else in the room, oh, this, this dispatcher's got something serious going on. We need to grab the other lines and give that person room and time to deal with whatever that issue is. And so, yeah, it, it becomes uh, different in that, in that aspect. And Mr. Flannery, if you could slide that uh, microphone over to Corporal Cruz for a quick question, sure. because you are sitting there with him, right, and explaining and listening what to say back. Yeah, so in this incident, we responded up uh, as kind of a joint effort, um, listened in on the call, was giving notes to him, kind of, these are pertinent questions we're looking for on the law enforcement side, keeping, trying to build that rapport with him and keeping the open lines of communications. Lisa, you are, uh, it says CIT coordinator. Yes, ma'am. So what does that mean for us laymen? So crisis intervention is the uh, training that all of the officers go through. It's an advanced level, 40-hour mental health crisis intervention training. Um, there, it's a it's a team effort between mental health professionals and law enforcement. Um, so it's kind of a specialized unit that brings a unique perspective to these types of calls. So this is all happening, and your role, like when when do you get involved? Alan gets the call. Uh, he's working with Drew. Mm-hmm. Where where do you come in? So as soon as the negotiators get dispatched, we go with them. Uh, myself and my colleague Austin, we have gone through all the same trainings <clears throat> as the advanced level negotiator that the actual team has. Uh, so we're there in the van. We're there on scene. We have the headsets on. Also, we're monitoring conversation. Uh, we're monitoring the, uh, you know, the 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 mental health of the team itself. We're monitoring the mental health of the person that we're talking with. We're providing assistance and things to keep the conversation flowing. We're providing, you know, topics to um, open more conversation. We're providing topics to stay away from. We're listening to kind of the ebbs and flows of, of how that conversation is going and trying to kick in where we can be supportive in those situations. Can you take us into that training? Uh, what does that require and, and how long was that? Sure. So it's three different levels. Uh, each level is 40 hours. Uh, so the first level is all about um, just learning how to talk to folks, right? As clinicians and counselors, we already have kind of that schooling background. So that first level is kind of easy for us. The second level becomes more of the tactical operations. So we're bringing components in such as the SWAT team um, and how those units work together. Uh, the third level is more kind of in-depth um, team building, scenario building, training purposes, things like that, policy writing. Um, <clears throat> but it all boils down to what are we doing at the end of the day to the best of our ability to make sure that life is saved. Sheriff Marshak, I'm sure it is challenging when people that you guys show up on the scene, especially if the person is armed. I know it often doesn't turn out well uh, because you have to obviously protect yourselves. But can you talk a little bit about what it's like to show up on the scene when someone is suicidal and armed? Yeah. So uh, believe it or not, uh, our tactical uh, operations section, SWAT, uh, has an incredible success rate of de-escalation. And uh, what might surprise people is that when SWAT's on scene, uh, the actual application of force is very minimal because we have so many professionals like Lisa and her team and Drew and his team for crisis response. So for us, it's a matter of time for us to uh, kind of de-escalate a situation and help somebody uh, see things in a rational manner. And uh, sometimes it's just a small event that can trigger people. Uh, I will tell you that we continue to make investments. And the reason is um, is that I don't know that we are uh, decreasing these types of calls for service. We're seeing increases across the board. Uh, and I think that's going to be the roadmap for the future. 
for both of you, and I'll ask you to share a mic for each of your answers. This is Jefferson County 911 dispatcher Alan Flannery and negotiator Corporal Drew Cruz. What is it like afterwards uh, to know that you have saved a life, that you have helped a family, but also for yourself? What what are those moments like? Well, it's, as you can imagine, it's very rewarding um, because, as we just said, not all not every one of these scenarios comes out with a happy ending. So when you get a happy ending, it's like, wow, we really, we really did save a life today. That's not what you got in the job for, but every now and then you get a win and it does feel very good. And, uh, but then, as I said earlier, you get done with that, catch your breath and the next call is the next call and you move on and you, and you take it. And, from the law enforcement aspect, it's the same way. You get done with this one, uh, there's another call. Yeah, waiting. no time to reflect on it, yeah, really. You just take it and move on. Because Corporal Cruz, we're, we're all human, and, and it is a job that you have to do, but certainly it is something you've been trained to do, but you have emotions too. I, I, I couldn't agree with Alan any better. Uh, it's, it's kind of a breath of fresh air that something works out that way for us, but you know, 90% of the time we just move on to our next call. Our training kicked in. That's one of the big things I always get is, uh, you know, how did you know what to say and do? I just I showed up, I did my job, and I went on to the next call. Um, 20 years of doing that, yeah, you just see what comes next. You know, for the negotiator side, we may not go right into negotiation, but we clear the call, we get our equipment put up, and we respond to the next call service. It could be an alarm at a house. It could be a domestic, and, and we just go on with our shift. Alan, Alan was a former trooper in our area, so he, he's he's with Missouri State Highway Patrol. He's dealt with stress, so we, we trust him. We trust him to answer the phone call. He does a great job. Uh, Drew, I wanted to ask, how long was this particular situation in Barnhart last week? How how long from first call to resolution? So are I think we talking? talking with uh, Alan and stuff? He was on the phone about an hour and a half, hour and forty five minutes with the subject, and um, the negotiators we were involved for about an hour on it. So. Overall, probably two hours from the time the call was received to the time we had the gentleman on the way to to get the help he needed. And Lisa, Sheriff Marshak said he's he feels like there's going to be more and more of these calls. I mean, it certainly sure. does seem like a lot a lot of people are just yeah. at that yeah. top peak of stress level. It doesn't take much. Um, what are you seeing as far as the people that you're dealing with? Is that the case, you think? Yeah, we're seeing, um, you know, I came on the department in 2021 uh, and we're seeing a steady increase in these calls. What we're seeing um, on the flip side of that is better response. We're able to get these folks to, into more appropriate treatment. Um, we're seeing less of the same repeat callers. Yes, more people are in crisis, but we're seeing less people who are coming back. Um, we're able to direct them into the appropriate treatment routes and that helps them get stabilized and stay stabilized rather than come back to us in an emergency situation. Uh, and Sheriff, I'll have you have the last word on this, but to have a team, how proud are you of that? And what is the future here in, in terms of assembling more? Oh, well, uh, it goes without saying, but I'll say it. Uh, they do a fantastic job. We are so proud of uh, our team members that cooperate on this. Um, I will tell you that when we started this program a few years ago, I had actually met uh, Lisa at a conference in Seattle and knew we needed to do uh, something more for our community in terms of response. I will tell you that our goal is to uh, prioritize the highest risk population within our community and specifically those that would encounter law enforcement, but even a step further, 
a law enforcement encounter that may end up in a result of use of force. And I think right now your team is working with 43 different families who are at the highest risk of encountering law enforcement. And so I think, you know, our success in part uh, is attributed completely to, to their hard work and their execution on this to make sure that we don't have these force encounters. But I think moving forward, uh, we'll continue to invest in them. They do an outstanding job and they're an important part of our team. That is Jefferson County Sheriff Dave Marshak, along with Corporal Drew Cruz, 911 Dispatcher Alan Flannery, and CIT Coordinator and Mental Health Professional Lisa Flamion. Thank you all so much for coming in and telling us more about a little peek behind uh, the curtain that most of us don't get to see. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.